Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? And welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, though, let's get right into the topic of tonight's show. Because I want to talk about the linebackers a little bit with you tonight because there was some big news around the NFL over the weekend. One of the fan favorite free agents is officially of the market. And it is not a surprise that he is not a Dallas Cowboys. Hear me out. It is not a surprise. We wanted Bobby Wagner, but we knew it was a tall task for this team. The Cowboys were reportedly in it, but we always heard about potentially being, uh, about Wagner being priced out of the Cowboys range, etc. And then the Cowboys, of course, re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch, and the immediate feeling was that the Cowboys were out on the Wagner sweepstakes as a result. Now it is official. Bobby Wagner is re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks. Well, that, that is actually not the right term because he played last year with the Rams. He is reuniting with Seattle where he has played most of his career, uh, the lone exception being 2022 with the Rams. He is returning to, C- to the Seahawks on a one-year deal worth $7 million. So he returns to the team with whom he has won so many old pros. Yo, Bobby Wagner's career is crazy, by the way. Just a quick note there. He's been in the NFL for, what, 11 seasons? And he's won nine, not one. Like, he's been named to either the first-team All-Pro team or the second-team All-Pro nine times. So just the two seasons. The first two couple of seasons, the no, the first couple of seasons that Wagner was in the NFL, he didn't receive All-Pro honors. That is crazy. And most of the, uh, and six of them have been first-team with the Seattle Seahawks. So he returns home. The Cowboys, surprisingly, are out of it. But as a result, I I wanted to get to the, you know, to the Cowboys linebacker situation because I'm very surprised at some of this stuff. Because as you know, as you can imagine, one-year deal, $7 million, that is doable. If you are any team in the NFL trying to win to, uh, this year, that's doable for you. That's That would have been doable for the Cowboys. That would have been doable for the Chiefs. 
for the Jaguars. And I, I'm not mentioning the Jaguars just because I look at them as a playoff team for 2023. The Eagles, anyone could have signed Bobby Wagner at that rate. Toxic Tom says, Mo, that isn't a tall task at all. And just to be clear, I meant it in the context of the Cowboys that we're excited about trading for Brandon Cooks. We're excited about Stephon Gilmore going for Bobby Wagner after paying Leighton Van Der Esch, quote unquote, paying Leighton Van Der Esch, would have been even more out of character for the Cowboys and the way that they do things. That's what I meant primarily. But I will say this. The Cowboys are treating the linebacker position very, very differently than they have been treating their other needs. So look at their top three needs before the free agency period and think about it with me. To me, it was wide receiver at number one. They got Brandon Cooks. I thought that the Cowboys needed an outside cornerback badly. They went and get Stephon Gilmer. Big, big move there. Uh, maybe not expensive, but big move and out of character for the Cowboys. Even offensive line. They didn't go and, and re-sign anybody or anything like that. They didn't keep Connor McGovern, but they did make sure that they were going to stick with Tyron Smith and have some flexibility there. And maybe they will address that later in the draft, but they already did something about the need, right? More or less. Uh, linebacker, though, they have treated differently. Because it's not about Bobby Wagner for me. It's about resigning Leighton Van Der Esch. And then you look at their current depth chart. And you've got LV, Damon Clark as the opposing starter to LV. And then a bunch of inexperienced guys like Gabriel Cox, Devin Harper, Malik Jefferson, and Devon Tavant. We can talk about how exciting they are for the future. But they are not experienced at all. And you look at the current free agency market and you either go get Rashawn Evans or you get Anthony Walker. Those are guys that are not going to improve your team drastically. But here's where it gets even more weird for me. The one guy, and we'll get into the Damon Clark numbers later here, but the one guy that they interviewed in the NFL scouting combine over in Indianapolis was Obershawn, the linebacker out of the Texas Longhorns. They didn't interview any other linebacker. And we'll see what happens with the 30 visits when they start coming out. So far, we know about just one visit, and that is an offensive lineman out of UCLA, Antonio Maffi. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys are not interviewing a lot of linebackers this offseason because they have not... They have not been interviewing guys right now. And I think that is weird. I think that the Cowboys, you know, not being aggressive about not being aggressive about targeting free agents, line, free agent linebackers, because we have not heard about it, not being seemingly interested in linebackers in the NFL draft process so far. To me, it's interesting because to me, it does show that you have a certain level of wild expectations for Damon Clark, who is your projected starter opposite of Leighton Van Der Esch. Now, is there a reason to be excited about Damon Clark? And this is where I open it up for the chat and I ask you, thumbs up 
or thumbs down in terms of your hype level for Damon Clark in 2023? And I have some numbers for you, actually. But let me know. Are you actually, well, you can do thumbs up, you can do thumbs down. But a more accurate question would have been, is your hype level around Damon Clark low, medium, or high? But you can also do the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Sorry for, for tripping you like that. Low, medium, or high? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about Damon Clark heading into 2023? While you do that, and before I give you my answer, though, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net, a family-owned business. For over 65 years, you can check out their dealership over at Irving, Texas. You can also check out their website over at FreemanMazda.net. And in it, you can browse their wide range of new and used vehicles, as well as the features of every car and pictures of the outside and inside of every vehicle as well. Now, as we do around this time here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, it is time to review the Freeman Mazda Ride of the Week. And in this case, it is the 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata Grand Touring. It starts at $34,115. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. It's got a manual transmission, convertible roof, premium audio so you can listen to prime time, a blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 when you are in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the 2023 Mazda MX-5 Miata Grand Touring over at FreemanMazda.net. Let's see what you guys have to say about Damon Clark. How are we feeling in the chat about Clark? All in Tom says, uh, great, another linebacker with a bad neck. Double R goes with me. Rachel over at Facebook goes with medium. Eric Thomas, medium. David over at Facebook also goes with the medium. Katharina with the medium. All in Toxic Tom. Oh, I had already read Toxics, but oh no, he's at low over here. Thumbs up for Jason over at Facebook. Shout out to Tyler Browning. He says, Overshone is a converted safety. The Cowboys, the, the linebacker that the Cowboys interviewed in Indianapolis. Converted safety over for the Longhorns. Okay, that's interesting. By the way, happy birthday, Mao. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, speaking of Tyler, something to keep an eye out for. Uh, and I would invite you to bookmark this article. We are working, uh, Tyler and I, we're, we're going to be working on a 30-visit tracker for all of you. So if the Cowboys visit whoever they visit, right? Uh, whoever they visit with, we're going to keep track of them over at adzsports.com slash Dallas. So make sure you check that out. Russell says medium, but does need to get bigger. Here's what I was looking at for... Damon Clark, to answer your to answer the question. It's medium, but it might be trending towards the high end of things for Damon Clark. Because he's got the numbers, man. And if you look at, for example, his missed tackle percentage is what particularly impresses me. 
he was sixth best in the entire NFL last year among qualifying linebackers per pro football focus. Linebackers who played at least 20% of the snaps in 2022. He was sixth in missed tackle percentage. He got the 10th best tackling grade per PFF. He forced two fumbles. But more than that, and you guys saw this when you watched the games last year, Damon Clark was made, I mean, he felt present. He he showed off that speed that everyone was talking about during the draft process, and he looked quite healthy. I don't think that we ever saw a version of Damon Clark that was banged up like we did on Galen Smith's debut season when you clearly knew that the Cowboys were kind of rushing Galen. I don't think that we got that sense out of Damon Clark. At least I didn't. He played 398 snaps too. It's not like he played very limited, very limited time. Uh, didn't play a full season, of course. But if you're also betting on him being healthier in 2023, then that's only fair. But here's where it gets even more interesting. Hear me out. 10th tackling grade for Damon Clark. LV was ninth in the NFL. And I mentioned the sixth best missed tackle percentage for Damon Clark. Leighton Van Der Esch had the 10th best missed tackle percentage. So if you look at it from a production perspective and you look at the two starting guys that you have right now, you, you're not in a bad spot. It might depend on how you feel about Leighton. But if you feel like I feel and you're excited about him and about his return, then this might be a position that the Cowboys are really not considering one of their top-tier needs. And I think that's what's that's really what, what makes this a very rele relevant topic for me. It's not that you and I think that the Cowboys need a linebacker or not. Is that based on their actions, it seems to me like the Cowboys are treating linebacker as a position that is not a need. And I would be surprised at this because as we reviewed last week when we broke down the entire depth chart, it seems like a very thin position group. Now, you could argue that maybe the Cowboys do not need that much depth because they're not a defense that uses three linebackers very often uh, out there on the field. They are usually on nickel because that's the new base around the NFL. And even when they don't have three cornerbacks in the field. They have three safeties. So that might also play into the whole thing. But I do think the Cowboys could use some depth. I just don't know if you can add any significant free agent right now that would shake up depth chart very significantly. I don't think that, that, that those type of guys are out there anymore. As I said, the top available guys might be Rashawn Evans and Anthony Walker they're not going to come in and shake up your depth chart. And it doesn't appear like the Cowboys are looking into the position very heavily heading into the 2023 NFL draft. Joey Bella says Clark was fast, really, really fast. And that is one of the great things about uh, Damon Clark, one of the reasons why we are high on him. John Andrew says... With LVE beside him, hi. If LVE gets hurt again, he will have a hard time. He is the defensive quarterback. And, you know, he was a communicator last year, so that is a very valid comment. 
very valid uh, comment from, from John Andrew. I do agree. And it goes back to what, what I was saying, right? You know, depth is what you're not excited about. Hard to be excited about the depth of this position group because your real Cox has struggled to get on the playing field. It was a surprise. Let's not forget about that. That Clark was the guy that stepped up, even though, I mean, talking about 2022, even though Javril Cox had been around for longer, and even though he was supposed to be healthier than Damon Clark, Clark was the one to step up. It wasn't Javril Cox. Javril Cox essentially did not play defense at all. So he might take a huge jump in 2023, but we don't have a lot to, to base that on other than just straight up optimism. Let's see here. Uh, Mitesh says, QB, that would shake it up. Joe, what up? Says Hoodlum. Let's see here. What's up, Stephen White? All in Tom says, LV was one of the worst linebackers last year in the NFL in yards per tackle. This unit didn't get better when it really needed to. I do think that LV had a very solid year. And I know that we can each throw out numbers like uh, Toxic Tom can throw that one out. Uh, I can throw the ones that I mentioned about him being ninth best in tackling and or 10th best in missed tackle percentage among all their numbers that we could throw out there. But I know that LVE, like LVE was very controversial last year. It felt like half of Cowboys Nation absolutely hated his performance and the other half loved it. I fall somewhere in between. He might have been decent, but as I, I, I have said this previously on primetime, decent is what you need a lot of the times in the NFL. Sometimes decent is, you know, that's, what, that's sometimes what you need. Like, for example, all in Tom says, I don't want solid. I want to get better and win a Super Bowl. Solid isn't going to cut it for linebacker one. And yet... And yet, if you are constructing a, an NFL roster, you are aiming for solid in a lot of positions. Like a lot. Even if you're out there being a contender year to year. You go watch those Super Bowl rosters. They're not made out of elite players at every position. You have a lot of average starters. And that is how team building works in the NFL. And honestly, every other sport. I look at it. From this, and I was reading about this, but it was a baseball article. It wasn't a football article, but I will still use it. Uh, I will still use it for this example. Wins above replacement. It's being used in football too, but that is a baseball burn stat. Like everyone in baseball uses wins above replacement. There is a reason why a replacement level player is not an average player. That's because average is good to have. It's good to have average players. Those are helpful. Replacement level is different. And when you look at it from that perspective, it's okay to have solid players. It's okay to have decent slash average players. I, I would say that. As Hoodlum says, though, what happens when LBE gets hurt? That would be my main concern. But anyways, moving on a little bit here on the show. And before we get out of here, it, it is going to be somewhat of a short show. 
uh, on this Sunday night because we're getting in off-season mode now. We're getting in off-season mode, and you guys know that it means that we also need to take care of some of these topics and try to spread them around throughout the week so you get the best possible 30 minutes of, of programming here on prime time. That is always the goal. But there were a there was some news out there this weekend that I found pretty fascinating. And I wanted to discuss it with you tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles were at the center of controversy in 2023 towards the end of the season uh, slash playoffs time. Regarding the touche push, the QB sneak, they started doing it early in the season, but it got to a point in which they finished the year converting 90%, 90.5 actually percent of their quarterback sneak attempts because of what they did, this touche push, as they call it. Jalen Hurts right behind Jason Kelsey, and it's not only him diving forward as any other QB sneak, it's a tight end pushing him rugby style, or maybe a running back or another fullback. We saw a lot of it late in the season and in the playoffs. The Ravens were doing it. The Bills were doing it. I think that even the Bengals did it once with Joe Burrow. And this whole trend in the NFL got to the point that somebody proposed that the NFL review that rule and that maybe they Banned Maybe they outlawed the touche push. Well, the NFL reached a decision this weekend not to vote on that. And that means that for 2023, at least, the touche push will exist. It will be legal. But I wanted to ask you in the chat, if you had a vote, would you or would you not ban the quarterback sneak Push, push version. I want to see what you guys have to say about this. Would you or would you not ban the tush push of the Philadelphia Eagles? And I have thought about this quite a lot. Like more than, more than I'm proud to admit. There's a lot to say about it. I want to see what you guys think. Would you vote against it or, or not? Let's see what you guys have to say. Because here, uh, <laughs> Todd Cook says, ban the tush push. Single goes with nope. Katharina would ban it. Bruce says, Mo, of course, that the city of brotherly love is all about the tush push. Man, it's so hilarious. Like, the name is hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Joey Bella says, just because the Eagles started it, yes, I would ban it. Uh, Russell says, no, I would leave it. Uh, as much as I don't like the Eagles, praise to them for the idea. Ban for Brett, ban for Peter Rizzo. Mitesh says, Mao is mesmerized by it. <laughs> Vote against, says Joey Bella. Play ball for Darren. All in Tom says, why would people want it banned? Because it's hard to stop. And this is where it gets interesting to me. Here's where I stand in this whole thing. I don't know what I would vote yet. Uh, I have a, I lean towards banning it. But hear me out before you hate on me. Because I do like 
that the NFL is leaving it alone for 2023. Here are the facts. The Eagles converted on 90.5% of their attempts doing this. That is not a problem. That is actually fair. The Eagles figured something out. It's a special thing. Now they're using it to their advantage. But what happens, and this is where I struggle with it, what happens if next season the 32 teams in the NFL are doing it and then suddenly everyone's doing it on third and one and maybe even third and two only to do it on fourth and inches or fourth and one. And then everyone in the NFL is succeeding at a 90% clip like the Eagles are. Then it's not about the Eagles offensive line being awesome and Jalen Hurts being awesome and just the Eagles tying it together with other concepts as well. It's everyone in the NFL. And then it becomes a matter of pure entertainment. Do you want every third and one situation to feature a tush push or every fourth and one situation? And I will put this in the table. Baseball just banned the shift. I mean, they, they imposed certain rules to get rid of the shift. And if you're not into baseball at all, that was kind of like a special defensive formation in which instead of having the third baseman, the shortstop on the left side, maybe you had the third baseman playing right field, like a little bit uh, shallow right field with the actual right fielder behind him. They banned the shift because it was not entertaining. Because if you are a baseball fan, you probably hated a third baseman taking away what should be a base hit. And I do think that if it does get to the point in which NFL teams, regardless of their offensive line, regardless of who the quarterback is or who is pushing the quarterback, everyone is succeeding at a 90% clip when, when running the, the tush push then maybe you do have to consider banning it. Now, I didn't think that player safety was an issue with this play. Richard Sherman has talked about it in one of his podcasts. I think he talked about it on the volume. But Richard Sherman says, said that that's a lot of weight on the defensive tackles and the nose tackles and that maybe player safety could also be a factor. I don't know about that because I don't know if it's actually a dangerous play or not. I do know that the coaching point seems to be shoot as low as you can, right? Like it's not a regular QB sneak block that you're seeing in those plays. It's just everyone dive into players' knees or, or whatever, right? Like dive as low as you can. I think it's also an entertainment discussion, not only a safety discussion or a is it fair not fair discussion let's see what you guys have to say what is stopping in uh, a single two two thousand pounds says what is stopping anyone else from using it and that is the thing nothing is and i think that's what nfl teams wanted to get ahead of the curve because people know uh, and nfl people know that this is a copycat league and that everyone will be doing it in 2023. The question, the key question for me is, 
is everyone going to be successful with it? Because the answer might be not. Like the answer might be that teams are not succeeding as much as the Eagles because they don't have that offensive line. And then if that is the case, then don't ban it. Keep it. I personally think that it might be the case. Like it might be successful for everybody. And then if that does happen, then I am in favor of banning it. Because it has, like, it has been around forever. Like, I Love Weed here says, no, it's been around forever. The Eagles are not the first to use it. But it, it also has not been around forever. Like, maybe some teams have used it before. Not at that rate as we know. But also, in 2005, it was illegal. Before 2005, it was, it would have been illegal because of the NFL rulebook. Tyler says people banning it are definitely not booty people. <laughs> uh, All in Tom says, Mo, did you like seeing the Chief banned? 100%. I, as a baseball fan, hated the Chief because I like to watch baseball plays. <laughs> that is my point, mainly. And it's not like I didn't, it's not like I wanted teams to stop using the Chief because. It was, I don't know, against the purity of baseball or that it was against strategy or whatever. I just wanted to see right fielders make plays and shortstops make plays and second basemen make plays. I didn't want to see base hits fall into the gloves of a third baseman in right field. I wanted to see cooler plays. So I was so in favor of banning the shift. I think you absolutely had to. Russell says, what do you do? What do you use Dallas? What do you think is Dallas top need now in the draft? I have inside interior offensive linemen as my top need. Might not be fair though, but uh, I ranked them today actually for ADC Sports. My, my weekly column in Spanish and... That was number one for me, interior offensive line. And then number two, some people will definitely not agree with this, but I had number two, I had tight end. And then number three, what did I have in number three? Did I have, I think I had defensive tackle. And then I had linebacker. You mean Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve? This is all in Tom. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I'm a New York Yankees fan, so you get where that comes from. They had to go, they had to gain yardage on their own, says Nathan. Originally, it was illegal to push the runner forward. Exactly. Like, it's not, there is precedent. There is precedent to make this happen. I do think it's the right call to leave it in 2023 because I think the quick, the quick question that you need to answer is, is it an Eagles thing? Or is it a thing in which everyone will be successful when they try it out? We'll find out, I guess. And in the meantime, I do think that the NFL is making the right decision of letting it be. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight on the show. I was also going to mention the news of Trent Steele being seen training with Duke Manyweather. No brace. And he looks okay. Like he's moving out there and a promising sight for some of us who were not sure about how rehab would go 
for the right tackle. Things are looking up for him. He is reportedly ahead in his rehab process, so hopefully that is true. We will find out later in the year. Anyways, do me a favor and hit the like button. Share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Uh, thank you to all in, Tom. He says, happy birthday, Mo. Your eye looks so much better. Yep, it is gone. You know, that thing that we were dealing with last week, it is gone. So I'm excited about that. Thank you so much. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you and bye-bye.